everybody dances. You have to dance to it. It's I love the it. Music. It's like catches like this. Wow, thank you. A true, a true listener. Oh my gosh. Long time listener, first time guest. Oh my gosh. Hi everybody, welcome to the I Think This Is Love podcast. I'm your host, Cherie, and if you're a first time listener, this is the podcast where we talk all about love. Today with me is Kylene Ammerman. She is my grand boss, some might say, an elder. She's my oldest guest so far. Woo! World record! Yeah, Kylene, do you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. Uh, so Kylene is my grand boss because she's my boss's boss. <laughs> That's exactly how that works. Um, Kylene, do you want to give us your status update? This is just where you tell us your relationship status and how you feel about it. Sure. Um, so I'm single and I feel really good about it. It's like, it's fun. I think it's a fun time. But yeah, I'm definitely single. <laughs> All right. It is time for us to go on a friend date. So I'm just going to ask you a string of semi-personal questions and you just answer to the best of your ability. If you had an autobiography, what would be the title? So funny story, dot, dot, dot. Because that's how I like start all that's, my yeah. things. Even when it's not funny, I'm like, so funny story. And then I'll just like go into like this horrific thing that happened. They're like, that wasn't funny. I'm like, yeah, but like, you know, that's just how I begin stories. So funny story. I got hit by a bus today. (laughs) (laughs) And I love ellipses. So I always like, I like the dot, dot, dot. I use that. That's my most punctuation that I use when I text. So edgy. I know. But my problem is I like to do four instead of three because I, I like hate things. that. I, but here's here's my thing. It's little OCD. I like things in even numbers, uh, so it bothers me because then it's like once off by itself. Even though like that's me because I'm single. But like I like to I like to have my periods be in couples. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just me? No. Okay. That is very interesting. <laughs> All right. In a movie about your life. Which actor or actress would play you? Um, so I asked my friends this, and they're like, oh, options. Um, and they, I was told Amy Schumer, because apparently we have similar styles, I think, of being jerks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> is that not? I don't know. Um, and it'd like be funny. So, so they said that she could pull it off. Yeah. Honestly, I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what actor or actress would play your co-star and or love interest? So I was thinking about that too. But here, here's how I want to change the question. Okay. Oh. oh. Changing. I want to instead answer who would write it. Interesting. Because for me, it's like, who's going to write this? So, because I'm like, you know, whoever. You can put whatever love interest, right? Because I don't have a love interest right now, so I'm not going to label it. Okay. But I want the writer. Ah. I think Andrea Savage, who writes and stars in the show, I'm Sorry. Which is a great show. It's on Netflix. Oh, no. Is it Netflix? Yeah, I think it's Netflix. Super, super funny. And it's about, like, a woman, and she's, she has a family, but it's her, like, her perspective. So I love that. And then John Mulaney, because John Mulaney is oh, yeah. the most amazing person, and I love all of his comedy. I also like Aaron Sorkin, because, like, it'd be like a workplace drama, because, like, that's <laughs> where all of his are set, because, like, I work a lot. So I think that that would be funny, but sometimes he does problematic things. So, like, I think if I have Andrea Savage, I almost just said Andrea, Andrea and John, like, I feel like they would kind of keep Aaron in line. All right. Wow. <laughs> I love, I love that change up. <laughs> well, because words are important. So I yeah. care more. I don't care who's the piece of candy. I care more about what is happening between the characters. Hey, live your best life. I'm mm-hmm. here for it. 
Okay. Are you an only child or do you have siblings? I have siblings, so I'm the baby. Yes. Yeah, I'm the little baby. Um, I have an older brother. He's about eight years older than me, and then an older sister who is five years older than me. All right. Um, what is your favorite movie? My fa- oh, my favorite movie is written by Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> And it is called The American President. It's with Michael Douglas. Um, Oh my gosh, why am I blanking on her name? I almost said Sidney Ellen Wade, but that's the character's name. Annette Bening. There it is. Um, And it's Martin Sheen's in it. Michael J. Fox is in it. These are all people you like. Okay. Sure. (laughs) It's the same set that they use for West Wing. Okay. I loved it because it was like politics, but also the writing style. And I just like kind of fell in love with it. And I didn't understand over half of what was going on. But like that is my go-to movie. Whenever I want to write, that's a movie I'll put on to get me into a good flow. Wow. Nice. Beach or mountains? Mm-hmm. So I think beach because that is like that's where my parents um, always took us on vacation was to the beach. I love the cold. So like mountains appeals to me. But since I go to the beach yearly, I think beach. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. What is the most attractive trait in someone you're looking to date? Intelligence. I think intelligence is how, (laughs) when I was talking with this guy, um, my friends were really annoyed because him and I started talking about the history of salt. Salt? Salt. Like salt and pepper. Yeah. Okay. There's like this very interesting history and like how it came to be and how it was mine. Like salt was like you basically like money, right? Because that's how you kept meat. And so him and I were going through this whole history of salt thing and everyone around us was like, I hate everything you two are talking about. Why are you talking about this? Um, and so I think for me, if you, I like keeping up with conversations and being witty. I think that's all funny, but like I need to have a brain because then we can have conversation. Like we want then after we talked about salt, I talked to him about a book I was reading about cannibalism oh and my the gosh. history of cannibalism. <laughs> oh my gosh. It went together because we talk about salt and then so, but like cannibalism has been in our society and, and other animals. And so then, yeah. So then we talked about that. Wow. So like, I need someone who has intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Need someone to talk about cannibalism with. It comes up more often than what you think. I believe that, honestly. In my life, anyway. I honestly believe that. Um, And then with that, what is the least attractive trait that you find in someone you're looking to date? I think it is when someone... Well, one, if they're a liar. Mm. I think everyone lies, but like, why are you lying there? Doesn't need to... But I think, honestly, a good tell is if they don't treat like a waiter or waitress or a server well... Um, and that can be like, I always make sure whenever someone brings something to the table, I always acknowledge them because they're a human being. Um, say thank you or like make sure you tip well. If they don't have those interactions, I don't, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's important. Yeah, that's interesting. That's come up several times. I think that that's usually a pretty telling thing about people. Right? You're like, mm, what's wrong with you? You're mean. You're mean. Mm-hmm. Pass. Um, that's a no for me. <laughs> what is immediately attractive or repelling on a first date uh what um i think one thing that happened um that i can think about is when someone monologues so for me it's that they're just obviously first date you're getting to know each other right but like when you're just monologuing 
And then you as the other person, like you're asking follow-up questions, that's naturally going to happen. But if you don't ever kind of rally that ball back, like then you clearly don't care about me. You're just really excited to talk about yourself. So go on a podcast. <laughs> See? <laughs> um, but, but I think that if people monologue for too long, and, 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 and you know, there is this one guy that I was dating, and he sometimes would monologue. Um, and I'd be like, you're monologuing. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Because um, sometimes he, we, yeah. So someone's like, you're monologuing. He's like, sorry. And then like, we would, he would ask me questions. Mm. But I think that that is so unattractive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get really overwhelmed when people talk for a long a period of time. And I just start nodding my head and smiling. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. So like this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no idea what any guest has ever said on this podcast. Not until you listen to it. Until you get the listens up. Oh, man. All right. This is one of my favorite questions. Oh, Lord. What are the telltale signs that you're into someone? <laughs> so since I know that this is a question, I asked my friends this. I was like, hey, so I'm doing this thing. Like, what, what are the telltale signs? Because for me, to get on, to have a crush on someone, like, that's pretty, like, that's a deal. And for me to admit it, I think, is also kind mm-hmm. of the deal. Because I like to keep all the secrets inside, and then you die. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a John Mulaney joke. That's not my joke. Um, <laughs> um, so I asked my friends, I'm like, what are the telltale signs? And uh, my one friend, Kitty, she's like, Kylie, I know that you are interested in a person when you bring them up in conversation a lot. Like more so than like, suddenly you're talking about this person. Mm. What's going on there? She's like, also, normally like when I go up and visit I don't really care what we do because I'm hanging out with my friends. So, like, I don't care where we go. I don't care where this, that, or the other. Um, she's like, sometimes you really care where we're going <laughs> because you may have seen on Facebook that they're going to a certain activity yes. or that, like, there was one very specific time that I was like, we should go to this place. She's like, no, I don't like going to that bar. Like, why? I was like, no, I think it'll be a lot of fun. She's like, no, I don't think so. I was like, no, trust me. So then we're going in a group. So then I individually went to the people in the group. I'm like, shouldn't we go to this place? And then I got half of the group on board. And then they're like, come on, like, let's just go. And Katie's like, fine, we'll go. And we show up there. You know, we're like getting a drink. And then the person that I may have had a crush on shows up. She's like, you little. She goes, I see. I was like, oh, what? They're here. What, what a you? surprise. What? Who would have? Th- What's the likelihood of that? Oh, my gosh. So my friend says, you know you like someone when you're talking about them a lot, just super casually. And then when you're like, we should do this thing. She's like, when you're making a decision about, like, social plans, I know something's behind it. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> wow. So what is a non-negotiable in dating? Um, so I think, for me, there's, like, two things that are important. And one of them is, like, the deal, right? Um, one thing for me is I need to be with someone who is time oriented Hmm. because I am somewhat time oriented. Usually somewhat in my social life, I'm a little bit more flex, but I don't like to be late. Right. I like to arrive on time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm early. Sometimes you need the 10 minute buffer. Right. Kind of depends. But like uh, my friend Katie, as I previously said, she's like a half hour, 45 minute late person. 
and I love her dearly for it. But like sometimes when she's dating people, they're like, what? And there's like tension there. And her and I have had tension when I'm like, the show starts at eight. We're five minutes away and you haven't left your house yet. I one time had to physically leave the house because I was just getting so anxious and anger, yeah, the double A's. Um, and so I, I would need to be with someone who is, has, has an orientation to time, right? Yeah. You, you can be late, you can whatever, but like, we got to go, right. right? That's important to me. I think the other thing is, is that there, there's this comedian, I like a lot of comedians. Um, there's a comedian called Daniel Sloss, and he has this analogy about jigsaw puzzles. Um, and it's really great. He was on Netflix. You should go see him. Um, and he talks about the person has to love 100% of you. Hmm. Has to love 100%. Even the bad stuff, right? So, like, I'm a little bit of a jerk. Has to love 100% of that. Because if not, then they love the idea of you and not actually you. And in return, I'll love 100% of you, too. Right? So... And it's and you have to love yourself too first. So his analogy kind of talks about like if you only love yourself thirty percent, then someone comes around and loves you like forty percent, then like you're like this is the best relationship ever, right? But it's not. They they don't even love half of you. So I think for me, they have to love the whole the complete package. Hmm. Wow, that's really interesting. I've never heard it put that way. Oh yeah, and the the analogy like goes bigger of like. How he talks about, like, we are so focused on, we have to, like, everyone has a jigsaw puzzle. And, like, you know, the four corners are, like, your family and your hobbies and your friends and your work. And the middle is, like, your partner. And so you're searching for your partner. But that teaches you that you're incomplete without that other person. And I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have to create your own jigsaw puzzle. And then you can be with someone else. Only he says it funnier because he's a comedian. <laughs> I don't know why I went deep there. Like deep voice. Okay. Do you have a type? And if so, what is it? <laughs> do I have a type? Maybe I do. I Actually, it's kind of funny. Those are the people that I've ended up liking have been in IT, which is super annoying because I think the internet's witchcraft. So like... <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I've told that to our IT department before. <laughs> They're like, okay. They're like explaining Wi-Fi. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I think it's witchcraft. So like, <laughs> you don't need to explain it anymore to me. And they're like, what do you mean you think it's witchcraft? I'm like, I don't know. It's like it, there's signals in the air. I don't know. It's witchcraft. <laughs> um, so I, m- my friends would tell you that I like dorky IT people. <laughs> And I think that's, that's somewhat fair. I don't, I think it's an accident, but that is pretty, <laughs> that's pretty accurate to my track record. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's because like maybe they're smart. I also like socially awkward people because I'm socially awkward, but like my friends says because then I can be the alpha. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to be that. They're like, yeah, but you kind of like to be kind of in control and like whatnot. Wow. So, but yeah, I think that'd be <laughs> my type. If, if my friends answered that question, that is what they would, or like John Mayer, that's also my type, but like, <laughs> no, IT dorky, socially awkward people. <laughs> wow. I love it. <laughs> Apparently I do too. <laughs> but I'm bumped. Oh my gosh. Good. 
good one. <laughs> okay. Have you ever been in love? Um, I, th- I think it depends what kind of love, right? So I think, I, I think that sure, like there, there's definitely people that I have loved. I think if you're thinking about ultimate romantic partner love, no, I, I, I haven't. I haven't said that. I haven't said those words to a person that I was in a romantic relationship with. Mm. I haven't. So like, I don't think I have. Does, but that doesn't mean I didn't truly care about them. I think we also, like, how do people define love is vastly different, right? I think this yeah. is love. Ah, this like works, <laughs> look, full circle. Now I get it. Yeah, it's, um, it's the podcast. Yeah, got it. So no, I don't, I don't think I've been in like true romantic love. Okay. So then kind of going with that, do you think that you've ever experienced heartbreak? Absolutely. Right. So I think that, I think your, your heart, I actually just had a conversation last weekend, um, with a friend of mine and he, he made me sit down. He's like, we're going to talk about feelings. And I was like, I'm going to go away. Um, and he's like, (laughs) no, we're talking about feelings now. And I was like, okay. So we were talking about heartbreak and he's like, what was the first heartbreak for you? And I was like, I wasn't dating the person, but the first heartbreak for me was, it was my best friend. I mean, we were best friends in high school. Um, and then his other best friend was dating my other best friend. So like the four of us were like this little quad group. And there was one time I was working and the three of them, they went to Burger King. I don't know maybe advertisement, but they went to, they were at Burger King in their line. And my, my best friend, he said to, to my friend's boyfriend, this is really, I'm trying not to say names, but they all know who they are. Cause we've openly talked about this. Um, and he said, I wish Kylene was hotter. Then we could double date. Oh, my and gosh. I, and so my friend, she went and told me and she's like, I don't want to tell you this, but I got to tell you this awful thing he said. Um, and we are actually going to a birthday party that night where he was going to be there. And so she told me and I just like, my heart broke. Cause I'm like, I didn't, I don't want to date you. I'm not interested in you that way, but like, that's rude. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, why, why would you say that? And so we, him and I had this like huge conversation out in the middle of the road about this because we were walking to the party and I was like, I'm pissed at you. I don't want to talk to you. I mean, this was my friend that every single night we would call each other on the phone and we would like fall asleep on the phone with each other. Wow. Like he, he also played music. And so he would sing me his new songs and I'd fall asleep. Um, cause they were great. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but, but that, that was heartbreak, right? Yeah. I was in a relationship with him, but he was my best friend. He broke my heart. Um, and so I think I don't, you can even have a crush on someone, right? Like I've had a crush on someone and then it didn't work out. And I'm like, oh, my heart hurts a little bit. Yeah. Like it's just a little sad beep. Like <laughs> boom. Um, so yeah, I think you can experience heartbreak so many different ways. Wow. That's, that's rough. Isn't it rude? Yeah. And imagine being, I think I was like 16 at the time. Imagine being oh. a 16 year old already self-conscious, like, yeah. just like, oh my gosh. Uh, he, uh, Him and I are like still great friends. We weren't friends for a while. Not like we broke up, but we kind of just like distanced ourselves during time and we've come back and forth and, and whatnot. Like we see each other and we've talked about that conversation and he's like, I, uh, 
mature. That is, ah, that's so hard. I just feel like that kind of stuff can stay with a person for like a while. Well, and it was really funny because when I was having my conversation and I told that to my friend and he was like, he was super upset too. Mm. But, um, I don't know. I don't know if you listen to this, but he, he said to me and he may not remember this, but he said to me, he's like, Kylene, it's just, he's like, I think you're beautiful. And he's always said that, like always compliments me definitely on other things besides just physical appearance. But he said to me, he's like, you're just like, he goes, you are socially attractive. Like you're just so socially attractive. He's like that. Not everyone can see through, through who you are physically because they just have what their type is. Wow. He's like, he's like in that, that's unfair because you deserve the world. And, oh. and I think the world of you. And so, so, my, so, That's my, so sweet. I know he's like really sweet. And then he's like, I think this person would work for you. And this person, I was like, well, where are they? Wow, That's like the kind of friend that I need in my life. I know. I do have those friends, but he's so pretty. He's that's fine. Great. Wow. Okay. Tell me your most memorable date story. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. I think one, one date I went on was, and I was an undergrad and it was kind of like my first ever real date. And he was in my English class and he had the emo hair. Oh my gosh. Listen, it was a different time. And I was like, oh, he's so, so attractive. And he's a writer and like, oh my gosh. Oh, a hundred percent. Like it was even like, you know, I'll show you a picture later and you're going to like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like the black hair that's like swooshed over. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, so attractive. Um, And so he was like into me and I was like, what's happening? (laughs) What the emo guys into little old me? So we went on a date um, to explore Ball State. (laughs) Sorry, I was like, do I say it? Anyway, I went to Ball State. Hooray, chirp, chirp. Um, There's like allegedly tunnels underneath. So we went to go explore the tunnel. So we had flashlights and it's like the perfect, like we don't have money date. Yeah. So we had flashlights and we piggybacked into one of the residence halls and we got into like this stairwell. Oh yeah. I did things that I don't advise residents doing. Oh my gosh. Um, and we like found the tunnels. So then we like started going into them. Um, where there's like pipes or what, like we should not have been there, but then it was like getting really dark. So then we started telling each other ghost stories. Oh, good idea. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's what you do. So then, so then it got like too small and we couldn't get in. We're like, oh, well that's kind of a bust. And then we like left. And then later, later that night he came back over and then we watched, um, a movie. And I remember cause we were both dusty. So we're like, oh, let's go shower and then come back over to my place. So we got ready in my room. It was like a floor activity that everyone in the floor was like, there's a guy coming over to watch a movie. We got to get the right lighting. So like we were rearranging my, the, the lights in my residence hall room to get the proper lighting for us to watch this movie and like have good mood lighting. And like, what if you turn off the lights and there's the twinkly lights that were like hanging the, Oh, it was out of control. And then he comes over to watch the movie. And here's the problem with me. I'm not Netflixing and chilling. I'm watching the movie. Like I'm going to finish what I started. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I can irritate people. And it was, it was 28 days later. I think it was the zombie movie. 
So yeah. And then we watched it and then we like went for a walk afterwards. Wow. Mm-hmm. What an edgy date. I know. So edgy. So edgy. <laughs> Listen, I'm not even going to pretend like I wasn't into those guys in high school. All right. What does friendship mean to you? Everything. I think friendship to me, I, I think it, it just means everything. I think it's the base of all relationships. Um, even the people that you want to get romantically involved, I think you have to be friends. Um, I think also the important thing is, is that each friendship looks different, right? And it has its own maintenance. Um, and that's really important. So some friends need a little bit more maintenance. And so that's more conversation. Some friends I don't have to talk to. My one friend, she just gave me um, a baby notice, and I don't think I've talked to her in like seven months, to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. but still one of my best friends. Um, I think that they're just they're just different types of friendships that you have. Um, my mom always said for me that you have friends for a reason. It's a poem. It's like a reason, a season, and a lifetime. And I do very much believe I've had friends in my life that were there for a reason, and then they're just not in my life anymore. But I'll always hold on to that. Um, and even we parted on good terms or bad terms. Then there's a season. So I have my undergrad friends. Um, and then I have, like, my high school friends or, or wherever. Like, you know, my, my Minnesota friends. Um, and then there's friends that are there for a lifetime. And you kind of pick up them um, as you go along. And they're kind of part of your bouquet of life. And so I very much believe that, that... If you kind of have to let go of a friend, you have to say, was it for a reason or was it for a season? Mm -hmm. And then there's some friends that I have low maintenance with or high maintenance with, but I know that they're there for a lifetime. Yeah. And I'm perfectly, I I love that. My my friend gets mad because I say I have like a lot of, I say of like everyone's my best friend because I don't rank people. But she gets mad because she's like my best friend. And then I have my other best friend and then like my other best friends. She's always upset because she's like, I'm not your number one best friend. I was like, I don't view it that way. Like you're in my, you're my lifetime friend. So like, therefore you get my best friend title. (laughs) So she gets mad because she has her other best friend that she says number one and I'm number two. And we went out this past weekend together and it was like one, two, and then her boyfriend was there. And so we said three. Wow. (laughs) Which were like, hey, MySpace top eight. And her (laughs) her parents showed up and they gave number one a hug. Then they gave me a hug and then they gave her boyfriend a hug. And I go, see, one, two, three. Wow. So she's like, I know I'm number two for you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't rank that, but. Same. Not just one best friend, many best friends. Yeah, I'm super popular. So like, <laughs> so popular. I'm so popular, so I can't help if everyone wants to be my friend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and humble. So humble. I'm like the most humble person ever. <laughs> like, good thing that there is the most humble award and it's named after me. You made that award. I did make the award. <laughs> and you won the award. I do want the award because I'm the most humble. <laughs> No, clearly, I'm the most humble because the most humble award is named after me. I want you to have it, Kylene. No, I even don't though, need to have it because it's named it, after me. But I want you to have it. Well, it was the best $8 I ever spent. <laughs> so moving on. Mm-hmm, sure. What does family mean to you? Um, I think family means something different as I've grown. Mm. So that was a really big breath. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um <laughs> Um, family has, family means something different as I've grown older. Um, I think when I was younger, family very much was who, who, who your, who your blood is, right? 
So in that relationship can look however you want. As I've grown older, as I've moved to different states and entered different lives, um, lives, I don't know what word. <laughs> I don't have many different lives. I'm not a cat. Um, but <laughs> I just make myself laugh. Um, I can look at family being those best friends, those lifetime people. So like having family you choose, but also re-examining my own blood family and what that relationship is now is different, right? My parents talked to me one time about how they had children very young because they wanted to enjoy adult children Mm -hmm. and have a different relationship. So my relationship with my family looks different as I was young because I had a lot of attitude. Um, I still do, but like it's not adversarial. It's more like I talk to my mom a lot more than when I had to have it scheduled Otherwise, she would get mad. Mm-hmm. So I think family changes as you grow, and you are oh, you can redefine it several times over. Yeah. Do you believe in soulmates? No. No. <laughs> right? Okay. Let's just think about it, right? So I think, one, what is a soulmate? Is it someone who completes you? Because you shouldn't have someone else complete you. That's like one, non-negotiable, right? So there, there's that definition out the window. But the idea that you're going to find the one and only person that's going to be like the best thing in the entire world within 10 miles of you, what? No. There's over 7 billion people in the world. Sure, I can believe in soulmates if you're like, you have like 800 soulmates. (laughs) Great, right? Like, sure, then absolutely I will believe in that. Um, but I think also like soulmates, like why can't, I think it's a sex in the city reference. Like why can't my soulmates be my friends, Mm. right? They are the people that lift me up. They're the people that when I get, if I get married, let's be real. If I get married, they're standing next to me in support. So like maybe they're my soulmates and I'm looking for a partner. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Thanks. Cause I said it. It was really smart. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, and then what scares you most about love? Um, what scares me most about love is that it ends. Mm. So love, no matter what it ends. So I was the person that, and this is going to date me. I am your elder. (laughs) So back in my day, we would have trapper keepers and we would take white out and we would draw on them. Right. That's how you, that's how you design. Okay. Um, think like a binder, only it's cloth. Okay. It's like cloth. It's like a five star trapper keeper. People my age will know what they are. It was like, kind of, think your laptop. Oh, is that like a... Oh. No, it's not. But I'm just saying like, you know how people put stickers on the laptop yeah. to show their personality? Yeah. We did that to our Trapper Keepers and Whiteout. Okay. And people, when they were like dating like fifth grade or sixth grade, which isn't whatever, um, they would like write on Whiteout and I would be the person to be like, yeah, that's going to end soon. So that's just too <laughs> permanent. Like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and that's a very much a control issue I know for me. I'm supposed to work through it. Um, but also, like, get, like, moving in and you're not married. I'm like, ooh, it could end. Like, what are you? That's scary. But even, like, okay, so so you're married or whatnot. Then someone dies. So, like, then it ends. Yeah. So I think for me, love is scary is that it ends. Mm-hmm. But then I also go back to, like, the Doctor Who Christmas episode special where, um, spoiler alert, I don't know where like the children's dad dies and the children don't know yet. And the mom's trying to shield them from that. And he's like, it's like, they'll be okay. Um, and so I think about, yeah, 
it's going to end, but is it worth it? And you have to find the person who's worth it to be okay that it ended. Yeah. Wow. Man. All right. It's time for first date do's and don'ts. What is something that you think is absolutely crucial to do? And then what is something you should absolutely not do on a first date? Oh, I mean, I think I got to go to a place where I can hear you. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) I think a conversation has to happen. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if it has to be super deep, but typically... I mean, it can be about salt. Like, I don't really have a high standard for conversations, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that that is, yeah, having good conversations. One thing my friends tell me that I should not do, um, and I did one time, <laughs> is talk about murder. Oh, my gosh. Um, or, like, so I, so for those of you who don't know me, I research school shootings and educational settings. Oh, man. <laughs> Does it already make you uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I researched that and like I also listened to different podcasts about murder. So on a first date, I have been told it is not ideal <laughs> to be like, "Hey, what's your favorite school shooting?" Not that I would ever say that. That sounds totally offensive. I apologize. Um, but like to talk about that. But I also kind of push back on it, but I'm like that's a huge part of my life. Why would yeah. I talk about it? And they're like, "That's second date material." Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. But one time I did, and I was talking, I was like telling him about this stuff and whatnot. And, and he was like, that's really interesting. And then I was like, is it interesting because you're a serial killer? Or, <laughs> which I also was told not to bring up serial killers. <laughs> like, who's your favorite serial killer? Um, and so, and he was like, I don't think I am. I was like, well, I guess we'll find out. Ooh, well, he, it was funny. It was funny. Like, it's fine. Um, and so he's like, actually, it's really nice hearing you talk about that because I could see how passionate you got and how important this was to you. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a double-edged sword yeah. of, like, do I bring up, hey, murder or or not? Because, you know, it's murder. Right. Correct. <laughs> Okay. Did you anticipate that? <laughs> Honestly, I thought at some point it would come up. That I like, I don't like murder. And I don't take light of it. Like, people should know I don't. Right. But this is also. But it is like a topic that you're very correct. passionate about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's time for us to move on to the topic of the week. So this week we're talking about loving your 30s. I know there is several people who just got offended finding out that we're talking about 30s and I've been calling you my elder. <laughs> so. It's fine, child. Oh my gosh. Now people are upset at me for calling you a child. (laughs) So I think that the 30s in general, that stage of life, gets a bad rep from young people. Like everybody talks about your 20s and how your 20s is like not great, but it's fun. And then they'll be like, oh, but 30 is when you're done being a fun young person. And, And I think that some of us, when we enter our late 20s, I also say that not being in my late 20s. But I think I think when some people enter their late 20s, they're kind of nervous about their 30s because mm-hmm. it feels like, oh, this pressure of now I really have to be an adult. Now I really should have my life together. And so when, for the listeners, when you picked your topic, you said that you wanted to talk about loving your 30s. And I thought that was really interesting because it's not something that I have really given a lot of thought to. Um, and so you're here to really kind of like dispel some of those feelings. So... How do you feel about being 30 in your 30s? Um, so I, I think I was really nervous going into, much like what you said, nervous going into my 30s. Like, uh, 30s, I'm supposed to have these check marks 
and I don't. Um, I have some, but like I don't have all of them all that society tells me I should. So I was like, oh my gosh. And then I turned, I'm lucky that I have older friends, and by older, they're six months older than me. <laughs> um, and it's really an important six months because it's a different calendar year. So they like tested it out first for me. I um, mean, they're like, yeah, it's actually pretty great. I'm like, yeah, it's just someone in their 30s. And then I turned 30, and I was like, oh, okay all right, this is awesome. Um, I think that they're, you know, age is just a number, but I think that turning 30 gave me a new sense of freedom of like, I felt differently. I felt more sure of myself. I felt happier with myself. I felt the society pressures. I'm like, well, guess what? I'm 30. I didn't make them. All right, whatever. And I could finally brush those off instead of at the end of my thirties, like the the clock is counting down. Mm-hmm. Like I would just, I turned 30 and I'm like, well, the clock's counted down. It's done. It's out of here. I can do whatever I want. Um, and so I've just been, I have more satisfying relationships. I have uh, more satisfying experiences. I like do what I would like to do and what interests me and what brings me fulfillment and happiness. And I didn't always have that in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Like when I turned 25, I cried. Really? I, uh, 25 was the hardest birthday for me. I just moved to a new state. I, I had some friends, but they were my close friends were all far away. I was 20. I was in my mid-20s. The world was ending. <laughs> Woe is me. Um, and I was really nervous about turning 30. And I turned 30, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I even turned 30, and I, like, worked a full day. Like, I had a night meeting. Like, I, I was still working a full day, but I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I know that you just you just said that your friend your older friends yeah, kind of uh, dipped their toes into thirties before you. But like when you talk about that, oh, this is awesome. Like what what was that change like? That shift, I guess, or kind of what made that happen? Um, I think that it was just kind of there was a new different type of confidence in myself. Um, so even thinking about love, right? So I, I very much before, especially in my twenties was like, well, I'm not worthy of love. Um, you know, maybe the, my first heartbreak played into it, but like, I'm not worthy of love. Like, you know, whatever it's, you know, I just, it just wasn't going to be a thing for me. And I think that I turned 30 and I'm like, okay, all of society's pressures, they're there, but I'm worthy of love and I'm not going to settle. And even though someone, people are telling me like, Hey, you're 30, you need to get going. Right. Cause like your uterus is shriveling up, um, <laughs> too aggressive. You can do that. <laughs> Actually, my uterus is unremarkable. My gynecologist just told me. Um, so, so like, I was like, whatever, I'm not going to settle. I'm not, I'm going to be sure of myself. I, I think the true, the true thing was I was having a conversation with this guy. I was kind of dating. Um, and he, him and I are the same height. So I'm 5'10". We're the same height. Um, and somehow height got into the conversation. He was like, well, I don't think I would really like to, you know, someone who was taller than me, I think I would struggle with that. And I was like, that's dumb. So then the next time we went out, because I'm an a-hole, um, I wore heels specifically. Yes. Um, because I'm like, I'm going to wear heels because this is what I want to wear heels for, even though I was being spiteful because it really actually hurts my ankle because um, I had surgery on it. But so I wore heels and I'm like, what are you going to say now? Oh, because it's not that big of a deal. Um, and I would never have had the confidence to ever do that in my 20s because I would have been settling because I would have been under society's pressure that I had to reach these checkpoints. Wow. But in my 30s, 
whatever. So it was kind of like your 20s felt like all this pressure because you had to have all these things by 30, but mm-hmm. then 30 came and you didn't have those. So nope. it was kind of like, whatever. Whatever. I'm going to go have fun then. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, cool. so like being in your 30s is like having the good parts of your 20s. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Isn't it exciting? Yeah. Like how could I not love my 30s? <laughs> so do you feel like um do you feel like community or your concept of love or friends or anything like that? Like how else has it changed? Um I think the concept of love definitely as I said, like I'm not going to settle, right? So I know people who rushed in and they're like, "Up, oh, good enough. Let's go." Um, I think my sense of community looks different, uh, definitely caring more about even kind of smaller communities. So making sure I have it, um, wherever I move, but also the bigger community. So I'm more firm in my kind of political beliefs or, or different passions that I'm interested in that benefit the community. I'm more firm in those. And so when I get pushed back, because even with my family, they have different, they may have different beliefs. I'm firm in that because I'm like, no, 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 no. I have a different belief. We can talk about it, but no, this is my community. Um, and so I think that before I would like hide it that I had this one viewpoint or whatnot. Um, I think my friendships, my, there's a funny, there's a funny memes that go around about friendships in your thirties of like, Hey, you don't get mad at your friend when they say, Hey, I'm going to call you right back. And they call you two weeks later. Cause that's life. Mm-hmm. Like we have our own stuff going on. Um, so I think that friendships, I don't worry that I'm going to upset my friend because we've been, we've been friends for 15 years. We've both done awful things to each other and we still love each other. Like I'm not, I don't care. Right. So I think that I'm firm in my friendships. I don't have friendship drama because we're too tired for it. Um, I'm being honest. Like we, we've been, we've been through the, the tumultuous twenties where we're battling each other, but no, I think my friends are, are more cemented. Um, and we're also somewhere where I can ask for a leap of faith or should I do this? Or they all encourage me. My friends don't hold me back now. They, they, they push me forward. Mm. Wow. You had to weed out people in your 20s. Wow. Yeah. And that's okay. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But I'll have these friends until I die. Or they die. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's intense. <laughs> So how do you navigate the shoulds now? Do you feel like those fears or pressures ever come back up? How do you think about those things? Um, I think it, it it's tricky because you have it with your family and then you have it with your friends and then outside cultures. So with my family, it's really interesting um, because my, my wonderful mother, who I do love dearly, um, she will now... She just wants me to be happy. She wants me to get married, but she now says, I want you to get happy. Mm -hmm. Um, She also will say, we'll use gender neutral pronouns. I just want you to find a partner, um, which I think is very interesting um, because she's only known me to date men, but she's always like, just in case, I want you (laughs) to like find a partner. Um, And so my... I know that there's that pressure, but it eased up a bit when my sister had a, had a baby. So like that really helped my brother and I out. Cause my brother's also sing, uh, well, he's in a relationship, but he's not married. So legally single. Um, so like once my like parents got like their grandchildren, like my brother and I were like, huh, good. We're, we're off the hook. So like that has lessened. Um, but it was very much, I felt it in my twenties. Um, I think with my friends, 
you know, I have friends who, who've been divorced. I have friends who have never been married. I have friends who are married. I have friends who are single. So we're all in different life stages. Um, and that's okay. Right. And, and I think that, you know, even if friends are married or, or are single or dating, like when they're in some of those relationships, you still are somewhat incorporated in, whereas like, maybe you, you weren't always like, Mm -hmm. Hey, now we're, I'm dating this guy. And now I got to focus all my energy on that. But now my friends are like, no, 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 no. My, my boyfriend or my husband has to like you too. Cause you're important in my life, which I think is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be pressures. You just have to decide if you care or not. Guess what? I don't care. Cause it, cause that doesn't make me happy. I'm going to find what makes me happy. Like if I went to my friend and I said, I really want to find someone to get married, they would, they would be like, okay, then let's go and make, because that'll make you happy. But if I said to my friend, I don't think I'll ever get married. And they're like, okay, then that's, what's going to make you happy. Great. I'll support you in it. Yeah. Instead of being like, but you need to get married. Hmm. I don't know. We're faking it all. (laughs) We are. Yeah. So did you ever experience disappointment with not checking off those boxes in your twenties? Absolutely. There was, there was definitely a time I was in like two weddings, two weekends in a row. And then I was in another wedding. Like, so in like one year I was like in quite a few weddings and the pageantry of it. And like, oh my gosh, my friend has found, found the love of her life. And I'm so happy. Um, I think that that, that was really, that was hard for me at certain times. Um, there was one of, one of my best friends, she, I was with her the day she met her husband Mm. and she actually was like dating the husband's best friend. It's fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And then like they broke up, but like he, the whole time, like him and I like became friends cause like them two were kind of dating. And I was just like, you're waiting in the wings, aren't you? Like you're in love with her. And he's like, yeah, cause he's going to screw it up. I was like, get it. Wow. (laughs) And then like they got married and now they have like, they have a kid. I almost said children, but I'm like, nope, just one. I can count. Um, but like going through that of like, I was there the day you met and then I got to see you court. I don't know. Is that too old fashioned? Um, like fall in love and then get engaged and then get married. And I got to stand up and get married. And like the, the dark side of me was like, like, why, why can't you do that? Mm. Why couldn't that have happened to you? Like you just saw an entire relationship happen and you're still single. What's wrong with you? So that's like the dark side. The other side is like, I'm super happy for my friend, obviously. Um, But like, oh, that was hard. Because I'm like, I met him that night too. Even though, I mean, I love him dearly, but no, I'm not going to date him. Um, (laughs) He's very nice. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, I felt that. Like going to a lot of weddings, there's a moment in your twenties when you're going to a lot of weddings and it is taxing financially and emotionally, especially if you're not in a relationship. Yeah. Cause the question is what's wrong with you? Right. That's not an appropriate question, but that's the question the dark side of you will be asking. Yeah. So like how, what would be advice then to people who are kind of experiencing that disappointment and those kind of difficulties right now? Um, I think, I don't have the, whoops, don't have advice. No, I, I, I don't know. I think I just kind of had to acknowledge that this was a dark side and be like, okay, 
how are you going to be okay with this? Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's like, well, and then I instantly got a crush on this one guy. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have this crush on like, whatever his name, I almost said his name, like a generic name, but then his name, (laughs) super generic. It was the same, anyway. Um, So I was like, oh my gosh, I have this crush on a guy. Um, And then I was like, do I though? And then I realized, oh no, you felt the pressure. Huh. You felt the pressure. Oh, that's why you suddenly have this. That's why you're bringing him up in conversation. That's why you want to go to where he's going. And so I think you have to catch yourself and really question your motivations. And I'm glad I didn't because he's a jerk. Um, and whatever. He's getting married <laughs> to someone else. I mean, he's fine, but he's kind of a jerk. Um but you really have to be on guard for yourself. And it's okay to kind of have a pity party. Have it. Mm-hmm. But, like, it gets better, which is so generic. But you have to live through your 20s, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, you gotta. There's no alternative. And so I think because you have that experience, you're able then in your 30s to be like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm okay. I'm yeah. doing good. Because I'm staying true to myself. Yeah. I'm not going to, kind of the puzzle piece, right, that, that Daniel Sloss talks about. I'm not going to jam someone's puzzle piece into my puzzle just because all my friends are getting married. Mm. Wow. I know someone who was dated a guy, got married, divorced, and was engaged to another guy. With the, their wedding day, she was divorced and engaged to another guy at the year anniversary. Holy cow. That's jamming some puzzle pieces in, yeah. right? That's, that's not really recognizing what's going on and I don't want to go through that yeah wow now they're married and they have like three kids it's fine. <laughs> um so I think I think sometimes I have this perception I think because I'm in my 20s I have this perception that in your 30s is when you are married and you have a family mm-hmm. and just from the friends that I have now that are married and the ones that are starting to have kids I'm getting to this place of like I'll text them randomly and be like hey let's go hang out let's uh go watch a movie or go to a bar or whatever and they're like oh I have this infant to take care of and so in my mind like 30s and family and marriage just takes up so much time and that just is your life so how do you fill your time like how do you make your 30s fun and worthwhile and not feel like you're just sitting around waiting for things to happen yeah I I I think there's there's two things right so when your friends have these babies um, I just went and saw my friend's first baby and it was born in December. I'm like, whoopsie. Um, but like, so her and I have different. So when I go up to my hometown to visit, she wants to stay at home and she be pregnant or like have a kid. Um, and like, that's not where I'm at. And so we had to have a conversation in our friendship about, about that. Right. Of like, why are you pulling away from me? What's going on? We're at different stages. And like definitely my kids who, my kids, I don't have kids that I know of. Um, <laughs> definitely. my. <laughs> it's funny because they would have to come out of me. Um, but like definitely my friends who have kids, our relationship changes, but I'm still firm in our relationship. That maintenance piece looks differently. I mean, what do I do for fun? Like you got to figure out your passion or you got to pick up new things. I think my thirties, I tried new things. I never thought I would try. Like I went to boxing classes and I started doing boxing. I took up running, even though running is the worst thing in the entire world. (laughs) Like it's awful. I've been to more doctor's appointments related to running than anything else in my life. What satisfy you? Like getting politically involved, like that satisfies me. Like I... I think that's going to be the challenge of me finding someone is that I've built my own life. I'm really happy with my life. And, you know, some of my friends are like, oh, your Instagram, you're doing things. I'm like, 
yeah, I, I try not to do it for the gram. I'm doing it because I genuinely love what I'm doing. I travel. I get to go do things. Like my one friend, um, she was married and she was having a rough time and her husband was like, take her away. And I was like, all right. So we flew to Philadelphia for a weekend <laughs> and had the best time ever. Um, but I think you have, that's about, you have to learn how to love yourself. Right. So if you, you need to learn to love yourself in your twenties, what makes you happy because come your thirties, like that's going to sustain you, right? You're going to be confident to go try new things and to want to go do so. I mean, I tried out roller derby in my twenties and I was like, Oh, I really love this. That taught me how to build community when I moved away and like had to figure it out all again. Right. I did. I've moved to two times since I started, since I was in Minnesota and I like had to figure it out. I've learned some of the stumbling blocks in my twenties and now in my thirties, I'm like, Oh, I got this. Like I get to do fun thing. I'm like going to different concerts recently. I'm like, and there there's, I've gone to concerts by myself, like a full conference. I it was John Mayer. Um, I like, like, I was like, I'm going to go to John Mayer. To, I bought tickets twice for my birthday to go see John Mayer. And then just to, he was like around and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. I would never have gone to a concert by myself. And I made friends. We actually have pictures together. It's fine. We were in a group chat at one point. Um, I like random people. That's that's due to my 30s. 100%. Wow. What do you like to do? Go do it. Because no one cares. <laughs> so freeing. I love that. I just love the idea and the reality of like not letting your 30s be scary and not letting singleness be scary and like Mm-mm. just living life to the fullest and not waiting to like check off these boxes and feeling that pressure i love that and people can say that it's selfish right like is it selfish of me doing these things and i'm like okay but it's like making me happy because i don't have anyone else like i'm doing these things because they make me happy and maybe I can share that with a partner at a time, but like, I'm, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up like my life because I'm supposed to settle. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live my life and enjoy it. This is the only one I got allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Next time around. <laughs> Next time. Who knows? I hope I'm a grasshopper. No, that's not true. Oh, that sounds like an awful No, thing. I want to be a buffalo. They're just so majestic. Oh. Do you have any, like, is there anything else that you would say to people in their 20s and maybe how to make the most of that time, um, but then maybe also to people who are, like, in their 30s and don't feel like they have, like, reached that point yet? Um, I think in my, tw- in, in my twenties, <laughs> I think if you're in your, if you're in your twenties, tur- turn the clock, like the, the countdown clock to your thirties, just turn it off. Cause once I turned it off, I was happy. Um, and so do that. And I think it's freeing. Like there, I think that the society pressures are from past generations they don't apply to us now. People are getting married later. Like people are doing kind of whatever they want. People aren't getting married. Like whatever you do, you. That's why we're having a dip in like children because people aren't even having children. Get married and don't have children. I don't care, right? Like it's your decision. If you turn down that countdown clock, that's really hard to say. If you turn that down, 
I think it becomes more freeing. Try something. Like, when I went to boxing, I was like, I'm not good at boxing, um, even though, like, I'm a natural talent. Um, <laughs> but when I went, like, people are going to, like, stare at me and whatnot. And, like, I'm like, no one cares because they're all in their own head. I never, in my 20s, I never danced in public. So all my friends would go out to dance clubs. I'm the person against the wall because I'm like, I don't know how to dance. And I don't know how to dance. I My guitar teacher told me I lacked rhythm. Um <laughs> But now when I go out, I'm like, whatever, I'm dancing, I'm having a ball because I don't care. You're going to say I'm a bad dancer? I'm well aware, but (laughs) I love doing it, right? Like there's just certain things. Now, if you're not feeling that way in your 30s, that's like me at karaoke. I can't do karaoke. I'm an awful singer. I don't like singing in public. I refuse to do it. I'm with friends who karaoke is their favorite thing in their entire world. So there's definitely parts of me that still haven't let go. I've done karaoke twice, nope, three times in my life. And the twice have been in the past two months, no, two, two months, right? One time I did it in college, but it doesn't really count because I was told that I did it. So I think that, I think that if you're not feeling that way in your thirties, you have to think, why am I holding back? Mm-hmm. Is it because I'm told I'm supposed to live a certain life or is it for some other reasons? And is it with the people you're around and find new friends? Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Like why wait? Like if you're not happy, like then, then stop what you're doing. If that means ending a relationship, that means ending a relationship. That means finding a new job. That means finding a new job. Like you just, it's scary as someone who's moved around a bit, moving to a new place is very scary, but like it's, it's freeing and you can be happy. Yeah. Man. So good. I mean, obviously have you met? Oh my gosh. Come on (laughs) again with the humility. I love it. Super humble. Thank you so much. Um, okay. So it is time for five, seven, five, five, seven, five. Oh yeah. There it is. Oh, that's me singing. I love it. This is beautiful. So we're going to make up love haikus and read them out loud. So we will be right back after this. All right, everybody. So we are back and we're ready to read these love haikus. Kylie, you got to read this in your most dramatic and or sultry voice. And then we have poetry slam rules, so we snap afterwards. Do you want to tell us what your words were? Yeah. First, I should tell you I have a state title in poetry for speech. Ooh. So um, my, my, almost said the words, my words are eyes, confusing, wink. <laughs> okay. The title of my poem is Misconnections Across the Room. Because there used to be on Craigslist called Misconnections. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm a bit confused. Is something in your eyeballs? Or are you winking? (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. (laughs) Wow. Honestly, that's a very relatable poem. Right? All right. This is called Bookworm. Are you my soulmate? If you don't read, probably not. Hey, it's a real fear. (laughs) Obviously you won, so it's fine. I mean, yeah. Now that it's a competition, I think you did your best. So. (laughs) That sounded so condescending. (laughs) 
<laughs> As a child, I think you did the best that you could do. As your child. I have more experience. As an elder, you As have an more elder. experience. Yes. All right. So it's time for Vix My Love Life. This is where we are going to give our non-expert opinions to a listener who has submitted a question. So this question comes from Reagan. And Reagan asked, actually for a friend, believe it or not, mm-hmm. but how do you deal with rejection? Well, Reagan's friend. Reagan's friend Emphasis on air quotations. <laughs> How do you deal with re- rejection? Usually I do it with the middle finger. Um, there's one unhealthy way that I, I did it, um, which was I was rejected by a guy. And then I became friends with him. And, you know, I've been friends for... I'm playing the long con <laughs> of, like, after 10 years, I'm like, I'm finally going to get you to unreject me. That's not oh healthy. Oh, my gosh. It's accurate. It's not healthy. Um, and so don't do that. Don't play the long con. You just got to move on. It's over with. Don't be spiteful. How else do you deal with a rejection? You lick your wounds. You get a pout. I told my friend one time when she got rejected, I'm like, you get one night. One night you get a pout. That's it. We're going to pout. We're going to get the ice cream. We're going to do whatever the hell you want to do. You're going to pout. After that, we got to move on. Mm-hmm. We got to move on. Yeah. That reminds me of something that I used to do with my friends, still do sometimes, but definitely used to do it in college. If one of us was having a bad day, so it could be from rejection, it could be from whatever. If one of us was having a bad day, we would pull out a dining room chair and make that person stand on the chair and just like rant about it. (laughs) And we would just like endlessly like applaud them for being correct and right in whatever the situation was, no matter how they felt about it. We would be like, you're absolutely right. That person is garbage. That's trash. And just validate everything they were saying then when they got off the chair and we're done ranting then we're like okay let's find like an actual solution but i think like finding people to just like vent to kind Mm -hmm. of like what you're saying like having a night to pout and to just kind of talk about how you're feeling is really good but i think also just like reminding yourself that being rejected doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong with you like i think that there's like this automatic jump sometimes to like oh they didn't like me so i'm garbage which is not true. Like, you may just not be who they're into, but that doesn't mean that someone else isn't going to be into you or that you can't just be into yourself. Like, I, so I would say find your friends, find your people to be around, find the people who don't reject you and like being around you. Um, and then just kind of like do whatever, hang out. The rejection um, is not a reflection on you, it's a reflection on the other person. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which is a great song, Reflections. So, good luck, Reagan's friend. I believe in you. Probably. Reagan. I don't believe that it's Reagan's <laughs> friend, but I believe in Reagan. Right? So, Reagan, go get a chair for your friend to do that. We always call that a gusher night, so we would buy gushers, so that way you would gush your feelings. Oh, nice. So, like, do that, and then do a middle finger, and then move on. So, it's time for the relationship of the week. Kylene, this is just your parting words, whatever you want to say to the audience. Don't rush. Right? Don't rush because if you rush, you settle. So don't rush. It's going to happen. It's going it, to, it'll be fine. Right? That's my one friend always says that. It'll be fine. That's why I know it'll be fine. Um, so I, I would say don't rush, don't settle, and love yourself first. Well, Kylene, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your elderly wisdom with all of our listeners. You're welcome. Um, As always, everyone, if you have a question for the podcast, go to www.elephantsinlove.com, click on the podcast page, and just submit it right there. 
So uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.